This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thank you for downloading the Whole Radio Weekly Podcast. This is a recording of a live show broadcast every Monday night from 8 o'clock. If you want your message to be included on the next show, you can email us during the week at radio at homesdale.net. Please note the phone lines are now closed. Hi, I'm your host, Chris Hambling, and we have another packed show for you today. Uh, as always, we do want to... Uh, seems to be some duck sounds there. We, as always, we do want to hear from you. Um, give us an email. It's radio at homesdale.net. You can give us a call. It's 0208 123 You can send us a text. It's 81696. You can start your message with TXT space Eagles. Make sure that's a short message if you do use that function. Uh, you can visit us on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Twitter is twitter.com forward slash whole radio. And we have a Just Giving page for Ben's zip wire across Selhurst, and that is justgiving.com forward slash homesdale. Uh, first sort of port, uh, port of call, yeah, that'll do, is the Homesdale Awards. Now, hopefully you'll be aware of what they are. Um, there's some, uh, there's a thread on in Fun Talk collecting nominations. And those nominations, the, the ability to nominate will close at 8.15 today. So that's, this is your 15-minute warning to get your nominations in. Uh, Dave, Selenia Dave is organising it, and he's given me some facts to say. Um, basically, there are six categories where two votes could make a difference to the final nominations. And in three of those, one vote could swing it. And some, he says, possibly interesting facts or comments on how it's going so far. This is the biggest ever turnout for uh, for the Homesdale Awards, the largest number of nominees, the most categories we've ever had, the uh, the most nominations so far were in Best Poster in Palace Talk category, that's 31, and the least nominations were in Best Moderator category, six people were nominated there, and there's a to- total of nine mods. We've had uh, eight, nom- eight different nominations for Player of the Season, which is uh, quite impressive. Uh, 14 different goals nominated for Goal of the Season. 
And Dave would like to say a special thanks to the people who nominated that bloke who scored last week, uh, the thread about referees, and the thread where everyone posts photos of their uh, excrement, I believe it is. He'd just like to thank you for being so precise with your uh, with your nominations. Okay, that's that out of the way, so um, we'll get an update from Dave later on. Um, hopefully we'll be able to give you uh, the list of the, the final nominees. Uh, if not, you can pick them up from Fun Talk later on. And I'm just going to introduce my chums who are with me today. There's no Ben this week, and that's a shame because I do like to give him grief. Uh, but he should be back soon, but he's celebrating his birthday, having just turned 18. So the first person I'm going to go to is Mark. Hello, Mark. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, boys, and good evening to the listeners. Ah, very nice. Um, so really, I mean, I'm going to try very much not to insult you this week during the, no- no- the introduction. We've, we've discussed it, and, uh, you know, um, we don't want that atmosphere between us anymore. You know, we want an atmosphere of, of love and affection, don't we? I'm touched. I'm glad. Deeply. So anything else, anything you want to share with us that you've been up to this week? Well, um, basking in the glory of uh, Point at Hull, I should think, is about sums up. <laughs> I think it's maybe sums, <laughs> sums up my uh, week. But uh, no, I was, uh, I was delighted by the result. Obviously, like all Palace fans, and looking forward to the end of the season and uh, see what Dougie's got up his sleeve and a couple of events down at Sellers, like the Player of the Year do and the Beer Festival and our final home game. So. All good stuff, as far as I'm concerned. Excellent. Well, we're well reminded about the beer festival festival as well. That's uh, that's beer Sounds like you've had one already. I have. I'm struggling (laughs) to speak today. (laughs) Perhaps two glasses before we start is a bad idea. Anyway, (laughs) okay. Next up, I'm going to talk to Aaron. Uh, Aaron missed last week, but he's he's back today. Aaron, have you got your microphone off mute? Yeah, I have, Christopher. Good night, mate. (laughs) Oh, it's Australian today, is it? Bonza. Bonza. Now, um, yeah, well, I mean, basically, during the the planning meeting yesterday, we had a lot of a lot of uh, interesting comments from yourself. Uh, how how long would you say you had your microphone on mute for? Oh, I tell you, it's got to be at least a good five minutes. Yeah. Way there by myself. <laughs> That's good work. But uh, are you happy to be back this week? I am happy to be back. Very, very and, good to be back in the hot seat. And obviously, you're very happy with the way things have gone on the pitch as well. I would imagine. Oh, of course. Went to college, going, "Way losers, we're staying up." <laughs> oh yeah, you're um, you're down in the uh, Brighton territory, aren't you down there? Wow. So uh, very, yeah, that's, very dodgy. It's gonna be fun for your next season. Oh yeah. Okay. Cheers, Aaron. And uh, last of all, but not least, we have Matt Packham. Hello, Matt. Hello, Chris, and hello to everyone who's listening. Right, and uh, have you got anything exciting you want to share with us for this week? Um, it was a quiet week until Friday. Uh, didn't get any sleep Friday. Decided <laughs> to start drinking at two in the morning. Um, got the coke up to Hull at five, well, six. Um, carried on the whole way there. Drunk there. Came back. And I think I stopped at about midnight the next day. That's fantastic work. And you did play cricket this weekend as well, didn't you? Well, yes, unfortunately. I tried to anyway. <laughs> Would you say your performance suffered as a result of the excursion at the weekend? It did indeed. 
good word. All right, thanks very much, Matt. And uh, yeah, thank you very much to all of you. And um, I look forward to your contributions throughout the show today. And the first of those is going to be the review of the whole match. Now, once again, obviously Matt's made that clear that he was the one who went up to hole for us. And uh, so we're just going to go through the sort of details of, of that display. And you know, the obvious thing to point out is we got a point. We stayed up on our, off our own backs. Um, who who were the best sort of uh, standout performers on the day, Matt? Um, I'd say Klein. He had a really good game. Um, again, running down the wings, pushing forward and always like really good defending. I thought Kemi played well as well, Augustine. Um, some of the passes that he was stringing out wide, um, yeah, it was really good. And the tackling from him was good. He was very strong in the middle and he was holding it up. So them two were my outstanding performers. Okay, if I couldn't sort of follow up the question really on on Kemi, I hadn't hadn't really thought too much about that. But do you think he um do you think he had a better game because of who he was playing alongside? So he's used to playing alongside KG, and they I don't know if I say similar is the right word. They are quite similar in the way that they play, but with Kemi just alongside David Wright, do you think that helped? Yeah, it could have been a reason. There's two sides to it, isn't there? Really, I mean, um, you got to try whatever seems best for Friedman and the squad. You got to do, but. It did work, but then again, I thought Wright had a poor game. Um, no, right. Coming back, I mean, he had a really good one at Leeds, didn't he? Um, and then, yes, sort of went back to his usual self. Hull. Uh, right. uh, that is a shame. Okay, Mark, you've got a tactical question for Matt. Uh, well, I wouldn't call it tactical. I just um, sort of wondered what Matt thought about um, Doogie's selection from the off. Really, you know, it was a bit. It was. Uh, Obviously, Scannell was banned, Danzi was banned, Gardner was illegible, so uh, not allowed to play against his parent club, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, did he basically start off with uh, Easter up front on his own and Zaha on his shoulder, or was Zaha out wide for most of the match? Um, from what I saw, I thought Zaha was out wide for most of the game, but then again, he was cutting in quite a lot. Um, but the only thing I didn't like about his starting lineup was putting Garvin on the left-hand side. I mean, mm. he doesn't have pace as it is. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit, you know, it was a bit weird, but and it didn't work, and that's why he bought him off so early in the game, which was good. But bringing yeah. on Dorman was even worse. <laughs> I thought he left the club. Sorry. He wants a medal at the end of the season, does he? <laughs> Maybe. Medal for what? <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, just to, to pick up a question before Aaron goes with his. Um, we sort of refer to Garvin. Um, obviously, we haven't really seen him at, at Sellers for some time, um, but he's played in a, a couple of away games recently, perhaps sort of to keep him out of the, uh, the sort of firing line, so to speak. Well, did he, was he really, did he offer nothing um, in that left-hand side role, Matt? At whole, no, I'm afraid. Um no, he didn't. Uh, but again, I, like I said in the last one that you interviewed me, I said for the Leicester game, I actually thought he played quite well. Yeah. And then, but as soon as it got, you know, he just gets tired so quickly. And I think his match fitness isn't great, but he's got the potential to be a really good player. But it's just how long it takes for him, I don't know. And it depends if Palace have got the patience for him to stay. How about uh, Adi Claude Davis? Step in for Gardner. Good game. 
big clause. Um, Alongside McCarthy. Yeah, standard, yeah. They defended well. All of them defended well against Hull, I thought. Because um, they attacked us well. Don't get me wrong, they did attack us well. And we defended well. Like Leeds and Hull, we've, you know, the, the back four have started uh, really starting to perform well together. Mm. Mm. Okay. Go on, Aaron. Sorry. Yeah, you nicked it again, Chris. Don't worry. Um, okay, <laughs> moving on to substitutions. Uh, now, one sub that sticks out is, we're going to have a go here, Ibra Sergica. I think that's his name. <laughs> that, was, that was a brilliant substitution, but Matt, what do you think overall, Stoogie's substitutions, timing and selection? What's your opinion on that? Um, okay, well, it was good to bring Garvin off because he just wasn't fitting in with the game. Mm. But to bring... It was Dorman, wasn't it? Dorman yeah. came on for Zaha, didn't he? All right, okay. Whoever came on for Garvin, um, oh god, Kadagan, Kieran Kadagan. Right, yeah, okay, yeah. He played really well. He, uh, mm. he did. He had a, as soon as he came on, um, there was pace down both wings. So uh, it was. I thought that was the right timing for that. Um, bringing Zaha off, he looked tired. Um, but for Dorman, God, I couldn't understand that one. I think but, it was. Um, on um, listening to it on Sky Sports, I think as the commentator said, they're trying to sharp shot, knowing that uh, United were kind of struggling, in a way. Yeah, that's probably uh, that is that is right. Um, I mm. mean, don't get me wrong, he didn't do too bad when he came on, but it was just yeah. you know usual. Why is he playing on the wing? There's no pace for him. Mm. But okay. I thought, you know, I thought the the timings and the selection was average. It wasn't outstanding, but it wasn't terrible. Okay. Well, mate, well, let's, the, the atmosphere really is sort of my next question. Now, one of the things I was going to say was I, I hadn't realised when listening to the game that, uh, at Sheffield United, it was, I think it had gone back to 2-2. The first I knew of it was hearing the fans sort of celebrating that fact over the, over the radio. And they were, you know, loud and clear all game yet again, easily out singing and the whole support and, you know, I mean, we'll probably get tired of this question, really, because there's every single uh, away match, the fans are, are awesome. Was it, you know, <laughs> what were your thoughts on, on the atmosphere in general? Yeah, um, I'm totally honest. That was my favourite away game of the year. Um, it was just like there was a party atmosphere from the start. And, like, we was on, unfortunately, I hate to say it, we was on the official coach. Mm. And uh, normally that's as dull as hell. But there was about 18 of us who went on all together, and we had the best, honestly. It was so so amazing on the way up, everyone was singing, and then obviously walked into the ground, everyone was in there, um, just not even in their seats, and we were all singing. Um, then obviously the game, you obviously heard us all, yeah. everyone was just on their feet the whole game, went in at half-time, was even better, everyone just went out, all singing, having a drink. Since they found out that uh, Barnsley had equalised, it was just apps. You know, it was unbelievable. Everyone was standing on their chairs, just everyone hugging each other, shouting. And then when that full-time whistle went, oh, it was amazing. I was say as well, they left left the radio feed on a bit as well, and you could just hear it getting <laughs> louder and louder. And obviously, you know, every little thing's going to be all right. You could hear that loud and clear right at the end. No, it, was, it sounded amazing. I'm, I'm glad to hear it was was a great experience. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's you next, Mark. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to ask Matt. Um, it was obviously uh, a one-all draw, and uh, I've seen about 60 seconds of highlights of it and read a few match reports. But uh, man of the match, I mean, I would say, was it something like 
maybe Jules, McCarthy or Klein or something like that? Who would you say was the man of the match uh, at the weekend? Um, I'd honestly say Klein or Kemi or Augustin. I thought them two were really outstanding. And for, you know what Klein's like, I mean, he's been brilliant all year. Mm. And he was just a joy to watch, really, up and down. He just controlled that right wing. So I'd probably just hand it to him with Kemi coming up shortly. But, yeah, Klein. Okay. And um, yeah, well, I was going to say obviously Aaron's going to ask you about the overall experience. But what you've basically said it was your your favourite away day. So maybe Aaron, you could uh, sort of field the question from that point of view, if possible. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, well, you yeah, go. On. From what I heard, it was a, apparently a, a good one. From what I was hearing, especially on Sky Sports, all the fans joining. I was just want to know: Did anyone attempt to run onto the pitch? <laughs> um, <laughs> I really wanted to, but no one did. So no Shame. One <laughs> Hopefully, we'll on Saturday though. Nah. Good stuff. Well, yeah. Well, you know, we wouldn't want to encourage that sort of thing at all, would we? No, but, um, you know, but if, if <laughs> did he start that thread? <laughs> I think he might have done yeah. the pitch invasion thread. Yeah, yeah, that went well, didn't it? <laughs> all right, that's awesome. Um, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for that, Matt. Um, obviously, uh, you, you enjoyed yourself, and I'm um, sure the bars enjoyed your money as well. I think um, it's good that I didn't go, because having not <laughs> get a point in six away games, that the last yeah, few three away games, we've got a point. So, I think, I, think <laughs> I gave up after Ipswich. I'm yeah, not sure you're allowed to go anymore, are you? Um, I spent a fair few bob watching some pretty okay. pathetic performances. <laughs> so I'm glad well, they've improved since I've stopped going. <laughs> well, before we move on and, and, and look at the, the ahead to the Forest game, I just wanted to uh, sort of make a point that uh, would be great to hear from you. We didn't sort of really go into details before, but if you want to get in contact with us on, uh, on any subjects, uh, then by all means, just give us a shout. Perhaps you want to talk about the, the fact that we stayed up. Perhaps you want to talk about uh, our opinions on how how Dougie's going to sort of approach next season, and or you know perhaps you want to get whole radio's opinion on recent world events. But um, but you know by all means, and also we have of course got Gareth Davis uh, coming on to uh, to talk to us later on. If you've got any questions for Gareth, by all means uh, email us on radio at homesdale dot net. Okay, right. The uh, the next thing we're on to now is the preview for the Forest game. Now. Obviously, for us, there's not a lot riding on it other than pride, and uh, we want to finish the season on a high. It's, it's the best way to end, to end the season, so people want to, you know, got it fresh in their minds that they want to come back next season and see what the club's got to offer. So hopefully, it's going to be a good day. It's, it, tickets are selling well. The, um, the away allocations are selling, selling okay, and, and we'll see what we've got left for for home fans afterwards. But um, I mean, the sort of Sort of general statistics of Forest um, overall have been have been quite strong. I mean, they've won 19 games this season, drawn 15, lost 11. Uh, the sixth place scored 66 goals but conceded 50. Um, they, I was, I was looking at a Forest forum earlier on. Uh, it's LTLF, it's called, and they had a poll uh, about the Palace game, and that shows that 56% of their fans are expecting to beat us. 41% gone for a draw, and just 3% think that they could lose. Uh, so, you could call that confidence, I suppose. Um, although a few more going for the draw than you would have expected. 
Uh, they've had uh, Rob Earnshaw sent off last week, and obviously he's banned, and, and a lot of them are complaining that that was an unjust decision. So sort of taking that from there, uh, Mark, you've uh, some comments on their recent form. Yeah, I was beavering away this afternoon, and... Uh... <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, yeah, it was. And uh, I checked up on uh, Forest and their waveform, which is a sort of uh, what we're really interested in for this weekend yeah. is basically one six drawn seven lost nine pretty average i mean if you've taken their home form match their home form like our home form with the away form they would be uh probably automatic promotion candidates anyway they're not <laughs> so that's the way it goes the last away um last 10 away games they've won two drawn three lost five um and the last away win before beating Bristol City on Easter Monday, was a 2-1 victory at Coventry back on the 1st of February. So that's a run of nine games they uh, have just ended without a win away from home. Mm. And they haven't kept a clean sheet for five matches since a 2-0 home win against Burnley on the 12th of April. So they're susceptible to... uh, Yeah, and um, they haven't actually uh, um, drawn a game... uh, any of their last nine games. So, uh, if you're going to have a punt, <laughs> and not being a betting man myself. No, I mean, you, you, you're still well clear of the gambling uh, areas, yeah. don't you? Yeah, yeah okay, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't back the draw, but uh, no. judging on the stats. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, okay, mate. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, that's the form guide, anyway. Nice work. <laughs> and, okay, also, if you, and also, I found uh, that they've scored more than a quarter of all their goals in the last 15 minutes. Oh, oh God. Their matches this oh, season. Geez. And you know what that means. Yes. Mm, yeah. It should be too as, as I saw that, I thought, oh, dear. Just big Claude on for the last 10. That's it. Say big Claude on for the last 10 minutes, sort things out for us, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you, but we've, we've, we've got to remember we're good at home. We're very strong at home, barring that Scunthorpe performance. So, you know, we've got plenty to be confident about. And I think it's amazing. They haven't drawn in nine games, and 41% of their fans think they're going to draw it. Interesting. Well, they um, you don't go to the games, then. <laughs> that's probably fair. <laughs> okay, Aaron, you were going to talk players to watch. Yeah, there's obviously a few, especially up front. You've got uh, Lewis McGugan. He's uh, Nottingham's top goal scorer. He's uh, scored 12 league goals this season, which I do believe makes him the highest scoring midfield player in the Championship. Although you could probably count Abdel Tarap in that. Mm. Uh, you've got Luke Chambers. Uh, he's been a long server of uh, Notts Forest. He started his professional career at the club, actually, uh, in which he's played 287 games since 2003. He scored 18 goals, six of which have come this season, which is a good run of form of late. Mm. Uh, finally, you've got Paul Koncheski in the defence. As we know, he's on loan from Liverpool. I pray I hope I got that right. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. proven himself at the top level. and I, I definitely think it's going to be difficult to break down uh, the defensive lines on the wings. Mm. But in uh, my opinion, just stick Zaha on him and watch him become mincemeat, to be honest. Yeah, actually, you, you've raised a very good point there. And I think, to be honest, if you look looking at every time we've played Forest recently, I don't know the guy will be playing, Paul Anderson. Uh, every time we've played him when he's been in their side, I thought he's really given us a, a real hard time on the wings. Yeah. And they are they are a team Billy Davis does like to play with uh, play with width. 
very well. Sound, sounds like a bit of an insinuation against him, but no, he does. He does, <laughs> does like to play with width, and um, you know, I do. I do fear that because I don't think we're we're particularly strong in the, on the defensive side. Obviously, Klein and Moxie are excellent fullbacks, but they don't get a lot of protection. No. But yeah, interesting point. Yeah, they conceded a lot of goals of late. You know, they <coughs> conceded uh, even though they beat Leicester. Uh, City and Scunthorpe in their last three games, they've conceded. Mm. Um, they've conceded goals in all of those games, and uh, a couple to Norwich and uh, Burnley was the last game, as I said earlier on the 12th of April, where they kept a clean sheet. So there's definitely potential as going forward. Hopefully, Vaughan will be on fire. We'll have mm. both arms working, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he looked a little bit un. Uneasy, awkward, didn't he? Uh, yeah, that cast on. To be fair, so but anyway, you know, okay, brilliant. Now, um, obviously, predictions is the uh, is the name of the game next. Before we go any further, and uh, I think Mac Packham's now arrived, although he is eating curry. So I'm going to go to him first and ask him what his prediction for the result against uh, Forest will be. Matt, um, I'm going one nil, Palace. All right, mate. And uh, Mark, what's your prediction? Um, I think I think there's going to be goals, so I'm going to go two two. Okay, Aaron. Well, Forest haven't got much to play for, have they? They're almost certainly in the playoffs. We've got nothing to play for. Go out there, have a good game. I say three one to the Palace. Why not? I think that's that's very optimistic. Uh, you know, I think a similar thing really. I think. Um, Without the pressure, with it, you know, of us that we've been playing under, mm. it's perhaps free to uh, to sort of express ourselves a bit better, maybe. Right, um, it will be, uh, yeah, I say it's certainly going to be an interesting one. I'd just, I'd just like to see what kind of a lineup we've got. You know, we had some youngsters on the bench at the weekend. I can see us uh, see us winning it, maybe two one, if someone hadn't stolen that already. Ah, what the hell? I'll go two one. Uh-huh. All right, brilliant. Um, before I go any further, I did just get a PM from D-Boy. That's Dave. Hopefully you guys know him if you've been to the White Horse. Uh, we've got it as a news item later on, in news and brief, but I do want to make you all aware. The White Horse pub on Sellhurst Road, we will be there both before and after the game of the weekend. If you want to get yourselves on Homesdale Radio, come find us. I'm quite easy to identify. I've got Hambo on the back of my shirt. So do get yourselves down there. Um, and meet all of your. All, I mean, I can honestly say that everyone I've met from Hull is is a really nice person. Even Mark is nice. He doesn't sound it on the show, but he's lovely, really, in real life, aren't you, Mark? I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but um, honestly, everyone's really nice and and always happy to see new people. So do come down and uh, and meet us. And hopefully, you know, if you're feeling up to it, I'll uh, I'll give you an interview and you can be on next week's show. Okay, moving on from there, it is competition time. Really? So get, get, yeah, right, indeed. Haven't we got so, some musical uh, intro for that? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, there's sort of music later on. Now, um, I'm about to, I've got to open the phone lines first, haven't I, before I, before I start rambling incoherently. So the phone lines are now open. It's 0208 123 1646. That's 0208 one two three one six four six. So give us a call, and you could be be talking to us, lovely people, and being in with a chance of winning next season's shirt. I mean, hopefully they've seen what they are, and you won't be too angry at your choices. But um, oh, we have someone. 
Uh, yeah. Identify yourself, caller. Hello again. Oh, it's Ben, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And it's not Hello, serious No, it's going? not. Oh, I'm all good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, pretty relieved that we can go into the last game last season and just relax. Mm, exactly. It's going to be it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, You're going to come down to the house? I might do, you know, after the game. <laughs> good. Be nice. Just someone's just written not him in the chat window there. I don't know what you've done to offend yeah, someone. definitely me. Yeah, it is you. Okay, fantastic stuff. Well, look, you know... All post-2010 questions, is that what you wanted? If you want yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> Anything beyond then. Anything recent, like the last seven yeah. days. Yeah. You know, hey, guys, can you... Uh, I've, just got to, I've just got to interrupt and say stop calling. I'm afraid Ben has beaten you all to it. Uh, if Ben doesn't get this question, and I'm hoping he won't, sorry, Ben, <laughs> but I am. Uh, if Ben doesn't get this question... So you'll have another chance uh, next week. You've got to be quick because, I mean, Ben's proven it. He's he's been quick this week. So, uh, so thank you for calling, and, and we're we're sorry we can't have more more of you on. Okay, Ben, you know the rules. Um, I'm going to start asking you a question. I'm hoping that the background music might be quieter this week, and I and I might hear you. Uh, but you'll hear a zap. You'll have 15 seconds, and then answer during that 15 seconds before that final zap. If the answer's incorrect, it'll be available the following week. If it is correct, we'll uh, we'll take your details later on and, and get you that shirt ordered up. Okay? You ready? You okay, getting excited now. Yeah. In which year in which year did Palace last play in the third tier of English football? That's what's now League One. Um nineteen seventy six. Now. Whoa. Okay, that's fine, that's your answer, that's good. Because I'm going to have to converse with my producer while you're on the line. So, um, Mark, why don't you uh, talk to Ben while I do that? <laughs> no? <laughs> Nothing. Go on, something to Ben. So, you're conferring... No, I, mean, I need to speak to Mikey because um, there's a there's, he's clear yeah, way. No, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I know where, where you're coming from. Yeah, <laughs> Stewards' inquiry is what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get um, that from racing. Okay, let's just. Um, Paula, you are on hold. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've been I've been corrected. Um, I was going to give it to you. All right, oh, the um, and well. This this could rumble on, but basically what I said, the words I used, okay, were which year did Palace last play in the third tier of English football? What well, is now League One? Now the answer is, it was in the nine, it was the nineteen seventy six to seventy seven season, but the year was oh, nineteen seventy seven. Absolutely! Oh god, I just guessed a random year as well. <laughs> did you? Oh, sorry, no. um, I've I been told, one more year. Were you I've, born then? I've no, been way before no. my time. It's an amazing guess. <laughs> but, um, one year out. Okay, listen, we're going to have to go very, very quickly, mate, because we've got our interviewer, interviewee calling in. But thanks so much. Um, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you about this during the week. Cheers, buddy. That is cutting. Bye. Sorry, mate. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's upset This is Palace News in Brief. 
Crystal Palace Football Club were featured in the BBC Late Kickoff programme's feature Your Place or Mine, where fans invite others to sample their matchday experience and vote on whose was best. Alongside fans of Brentford and Dagenham and Redbridge, Palace fan James Endicott, who is a prominent member of the excellent five-year plan team, took his guests to the recent Family Day where Palace beat Unsurprisingly, it was Palace who came out on top in the final vote. The club has made the point of thanking James and all the fans who attended that match for making it such a successful day. Over to you, Aaron. Thank you, Chris. Crystal Palace is auctioned to raise money for leukemia and lipoma disease research has raised almost £5,000. The Eagles auctioned off their unique shirts from last month's game against Barnsley, and the response from the fans was absolutely brilliant, with Julian's Brony shirt selling more than £700 on its own. I know, it's a good shirt. Having teamed up with Leukemia and Lipoma Research, the LLR, for the match against Barnsley, the club have auctioned the shirts from the game on eBay in the name of the charity and has raised £4,859.20p. Over to you, Matt. Why, thank you, Owen. Palace under 18 centre-back and whole radio interviewee Ryan Ennis captain the England under-16s to their recent win on penalties over France in the final of the Montague. Ryan also played against Uruguay where England won 5-0 and captained the side in their 0-0 draw against Guinea. Homestyle Radio would once again like to congratulate Ryan on the fantastic achievement of which he should be very proud. Over to you, Mark. There is one more game left this season for supporters to get down to Sellers Park and show their appreciation for Dougie and the rest of the staff and squad for keeping us up in this division. Tickets are selling quickly and fans should be aware that the Arthur Waite stand is currently not on sale to home supporters for the Nottingham Forest game, so it could be difficult to buy on the day. Make sure you have your tickets sorted and why not join the whole radio team in the White Horse Public House on Selhurst Road before and after the game. You could find yourself being interviewed for next week's show. Thanks very much, Mark. That was Palace News in Brief. We want to hear from you right now. Call us on 0208 123 1646 or drop us an email. Radio at homestale.net. Hi, welcome back. I certainly didn't start speaking into a jingle at all there. That would have been embarrassing. Um, Okay, we're privileged to have Gareth Davies on the line. Hello, Gareth. Hi there, how are you doing? We're all good. You feeling uh, feeling confident about this interview? <laughs> yeah, it's the first one I've ever done in my career, so uh, a bit nervous. Oh, well, you know... No, I'm joking. It's, it's, I say there's literally tens of people out there that waiting to waiting to hear from you. Well, they've all turned off now they know it's me, that's right. <laughs> We've had, we have had some fairly unkind comments. No, that's not true. I actually wanted to start you off, before we uh, go into the questions we've agreed with you, I just wanted to read out a... Uh, an email we've had in from, from, uh, well, it wasn't an email, it was actually a post on the message board from, uh, from someone who calls himself Chelmsford Eagle. And, uh, right. he had a, a memory of yourself, and it says, uh, it will be good to hear from Gareth Davis. He was a proper defender who loved a hard challenge. With bright ginger hair and just things, he reminded me of one of those Aberdeen Angus bulls. Is that a compliment? Um, Indirectly, I suppose it is, yeah. It's, um, I was always called like an old-fashioned defender, and uh, I'd always put my head in where it hurts and enjoy the tackle, and uh, yeah, I think the red mist used to come along quite regularly. Paul Davis, Kyle. Excellent stuff. Okay, mate, well, we'll go steaming into these questions for you. Um, I'll start you off with the... Obviously, you played for your, your hometown club, that was Hereford, uh, before joining ourselves, and um, we, we'd just been relegated from the Premiership uh, the season you joined. 
Um, and obviously I think it was uh, Steve Alan Smith had just gone out, and Steve Coppel just came in. Um, I mean, how did how did that move come about, and uh, and what sort of made you make that decision to head to London? Um, well, I, I was at the end of a three-year contract at Hereford because I joined them from school, as you said. It was my local club. Mm. Um, and over those three years, they'd been in and out of interest of, sort of first division and, uh, you know, premiership clubs. Um, I'd even been to Liverpool as well, and it was only money that was never agreed on me moving to quite a few of those clubs. And then when it comes to the end of my contract, really, Hereford had stitched themselves up as a board um, and there was quite a lot of interest, but it came down to either Palace or going to Birmingham. And um, after speaking to a number of people, and, and my, my cousin was Kevin Sheedy, you know, one of the Everton greats, oh, yeah. and, and he advised me to go to Palace as it happened. So, um, and at the time, even though Steve Coppel was he was higher up as sort of director of football, it was Ray Lewington and Peter Nicholas actually who signed me because mm. um, uh, Nico would be, uh, you know, being Welsh as well, he'd, he'd watch me play a number of games for the Welsh under-21s. Oh, right, yeah, I, I do remember that season with those, those guys sort of taking charge and, and Coppel going up with uh, sort of, you know, what they sort of move upstairs, they call it now, I think. Yeah. But, um, okay, mate, well, yeah, interesting to hear about Kevin Sheedy as well. He was a superb player. Mm. I remember him well. Okay, sorry, uh, Aaron, it's your question next, mate. Yeah, okay, uh, Gareth, hi, mate. Um who was the best player you played with whilst you were at Palace? Um, that's hard to say, really, because over the you know the two and a half years I was there, there were some great players in different positions. Yeah. Most probably one who actually stood out. And there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At the time, it was quite new and refreshing to see foreigners come over, but Lombardo was just phenomenal. Yeah. And not so much for what you see, saw what he did on the pitch, it was what you saw on the training ground. He was the ultimate professional. Um, he was always the last one to come in after at the end of training because he was always doing extras, the the above and beyond to make himself better, even when he was coming to the end of his career. Yeah, that's mm. what you're about to say. And uh, sorry, Mark, you had a follow up to that, didn't you? Yeah, hi, Gareth. Um, hi. Uh, I was going to ask you. You may you got uh, eight caps, I think. Under, as a Welsh under-21 international, and I wondered who was the best player you played with at that level um, in that Welsh team of the time. Well, the season, actually, it was the last time, really, that Wales were close to qualifying when Paul Bowden missed the penalty against Belgium, and we just missed out uh, on goal difference, I think, as well. But we were, we, we were blessed with some good footballers in that, and two that most probably stood out were John Artson and Robbie Savage. Mm. Um, and... We were a very, very good side, and you know, typical Wales, to be honest. So new yet so far, um, but you know, some great times really. And uh, but yeah, they were 
a couple of good years. It was linked, you know, from when I was at Hereford and Palace with my under under twenty one time. Oh, good stuff. Thanks. And uh, I was just going to ask uh, you uh, one other question, Gareth. Did you uh, have any pre-match superstitions? Because obviously footballers are pretty renowned for for having some strange and unusual pre-match superstitions. Did you have anything yourself? Um, Not that I can think of, but I just wanted time to myself. Didn't really speak to anybody. If if anybody did speak to me, they used to get a snap back. Um, a bit like when I played, I was just so focused to wake up in the morning of the game, and I just wanted to be in the zone really and focus on on what I wanted to achieve. Once you cross the white line, I used to get very nervous, but once you cross that line, or you know, once you got the warm up out of the way, those you know, the nerves started to ease. But as for routines, like a lot of players had, no, those were all the soft players, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, you had a question. Yep. Wicked. All right, Gareth, mate. Nice to make, nice to chat you on here. Um, could I ask you what was your highlight of your time at Palace? Um, I think just being part of such a great club. I used to look at it every day that I, it was a privilege to be a professional footballer. Um, I think leaving my hometown club, I was used to playing in front of two and a half, three and a half thousand people at Hereford, um, and then after a few months, you know, to get the chance to go and play at Sellist and away at some of the big grounds. But in particular, playing at Sellist, I took every game as my last game. Um, and, I, and I used to think of every game as my highlight in my career, to be honest. That's not me trying to make myself sound grounded. That's just how I appreciate how being a footballer is because so few boys make it as yeah. players. And as it happens, you know, I'm sure you're going to ask me later on, you know, my career got cut short with injury. Uh, and I'm glad I did enjoy every game for what it was. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. that's a wicked answer. Cheers, mate. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the next sort of point really is well, couple as you mentioned was sort of upstairs uh, during your, the time you joined. But um, I mean, as a as a manager, I'm, I'm sure you sort of experienced some of some of what he had to offer. I mean, how would you uh, how would you sort of rate him or sum him up as a manager? I would have to say he's most probably one of the greatest people, one of the greatest managers, one of the greatest coaches, or not the best out of the lot that I ever worked with. Um, even now after finishing I've met some good coaches, good managers who you know, the work now with the FAW that I am. Yeah. And he stands out above and beyond everybody. He was just absolutely phenomenal. And while I was at Palace I went on loan to Cardiff and I'd helped get them into the into a playoff position. And um I wasn't in Dave Bassett's plans and when Steve could, took back over took over, sorry, um he asked me if I'd go back, and I jumped at the chance. As it happens, I played in the first playoff game against Wolves, and I tore an adductor muscle, um, yeah. sprinting up the pitch to shout in Jamie Smith's face. I think a lot of people <laughs> remember that. Um, yeah. I can't remember who scored. It was most probably Dougie, because Dougie always used to score. But, <laughs> yeah. um, for me, Steve Coppel stands above and beyond everybody. Just his professionalism, his just good manners and respect he gave but also expected expected back from you as a player as well yeah. oh, that's yeah, great to hear Gareth arguably one of the best Palace managers of all time that's for sure um, ok Gareth uh, did you have any contact with Ron Nodes at the time uh, he was a chairman uh, did he get involved in the day to day football matters or, uh, down at the training ground or did he just sort of take a back seat he always used to hang around what, in, what you know 
a lot of chairmen have a lot of involvement, they say, and sometimes you're involved in picking teams because it's their money, it's their club. I wouldn't have thought that happened too much at Palace because of the type of managers that were there in my time. Speaking of yeah. Steve Koppel and Dave Bassett, they, you know, they're strong characters. But he took a lot of interest. He used to come down in his Rolls Royce and hang around and watch training. And um, I've always found him okay. Um, polite man. Um, gave you the respect that you deserved and treat, you know, treated you and greeted you properly. Um, I never had any issues. I could see why a lot of the fans took a dislike to him over, you know, over the issues with the ground and things like that. Um, but yeah, couldn't have asked any more from him as a chairman, to be honest. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a fair comment. Yeah. Okay. Mark. Yeah, Gareth. Hi. Um, when you're at your uh, when you're at Palace for the two and a half years, who uh, who are your best mates during that spell at the club, or who did you room with, or who did you sort of hook up with? Well, when I first went there, we uh, the club had uh, their own block of flats, and in there was Gareth Taylor, Mark Edworthy. Um, Peter Nicholas stayed there as well, and I've stayed in a lot. Of, I've stayed, I'm still in contact with Peter Nicholas now, and we work together with um, the regional national squads with the uh, for Wales as well now. Um, but most probably the one that stands out is Simon Roger. Um, I was best man for him. Um, you know, we're still best mates, um, and we were mates then. But you know, recently I've just made contact again with Mark Edworthy, and oh. I, I still speak to Dougie. Um, you know, we had a good bunch of players and they were nice people and that's the problem, I think, the perception of footballers are. A lot of them are big-time Charlies and all that, but I think that era of players, especially in the mid to late 90s, they were good, grounded footballers. And I think, you know, we did a lot of community stuff as well and that wasn't just socialising. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks very much, Gareth. Matt? Yep. Um, You left the club for Redden in December 1997. Um, what prompted the move? Um, it was me, really, who asked for the move because I was quite honest and I was realistic to, to say I, I don't think I was good enough for the Premier League. In recent times, I've met a lot of people and they disagree. Um, I think sometimes I was my own worst critic and perhaps that was my biggest flaw, really. Um, it's quite nice when people praise you, mm. you know, even if it is. 10, 20 years after the time, but um, it was the chance of having first-team football, um, and it was a good move to start until Terry Bullivant was sacked and uh, Tommy Burns come in, and it's typical of football, really, that a new face comes in and he doesn't want you in his plans for whatever reason, um, but, you know, it was it was an opportunity that came along and I knew I'd have more football playing in the second tier rather than perhaps being a squad player. And as I said, I didn't think I was good enough for the Premier League. And I sometimes think a lot of players aren't honest enough like that anyway. Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's right. Fair comment. Um, is it me, Nick? I'm confused. Yeah, it is me. Yeah, it oh. is you, Chris. Oh, that's embarrassing, isn't it? Oh, dear. Call yourself a host. Yeah, I know. I've let myself down there. Um, sorry, Gareth. <laughs> you sort of touched on the, the, the point earlier. Um about your, your retirement through injury. Um, basically, obviously, a lot of players do fear that. Uh, so, I mean, what can you sort of describe what it was like when you had to make that decision to um, sort of give in? Well, it, it wasn't long after, because after I, with the situation with Tommy Burns, I decided to leave and Swindon came in for me and they were still in the first division then uh, with the championship now. And 
I had three knee operations. I'd ruptured my cruciate and three ops. And it came to a stage where the surgeon had said, you've got you, two things here. You can either enjoy the rest of your life um, and run around with your children, because I had one little boy at the time, um, or you'll end up having knee replacements and possibly being on crutches, maybe a wheelchair when you're older. And <laughs> I thought to myself, and I touched on it earlier on, I, I enjoyed every game that I was involved in. Um, I played a couple of hundred games, I had eight Wales Cups, um, and it it was an honour to have one Premier League game for Crystal Palace. And when I look back, um, it was difficult at the time, and most probably for six months, I was you know, quite depressed, and it, it, it hit me hard, but I remember looking at my little boy the one day, and I thought I said to myself, you've got to move on, and I took a break from football, I stepped away for about five, six years, um, and then once my two boys started kicking the ball, I got the bug back, and, and that's how I've got back in football now, really. Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, that's a great answer, obviously we'll, we'll talk about what you're doing in football now shortly, but um, Aaron's going to ask you a quick question first, Aaron? Yeah, just for that. It's just, it's just a shame we don't have footballers like you anymore, Gareth. Not many <laughs> of them, anyway. Um, okay, do you have any contact with any current Paris players or ex-players? Well, we've actually a few of them. We I've caught up with quite a few recently. We're talking about having a little reunion beginning of next season and sort of coming down and catching up, having a few beers as you do. Yeah. For, as we were part of the old school that uh, prepared through having a couple of pints <laughs> night before. <laughs> Uh, which certainly they don't do now. So, yeah, people like Dougie, Danny Boxall, uh, Robert Quinn, Simon Roger, um, you know, a number of them. I spoke, I, I, only because I'm doing my A licence, my coaching badge this year, that, um, you know, I, I'm going to perhaps catch up with Chris Coleman and Richard Shaw as well, but oh, yeah. I, I'm not able to go on a little trip that we were going to go away on. Um, so yeah, you know, as I said, we had a great bunch of lads in the 90s and uh, they were very grounded, good, honest footballers and that's why you sort of keep in touch with people like that. Mm. Excellent. Um, Mark, it is yeah. your question next. Actually, before you go into that, you, you say you've, been t- you've sort of kept in touch with Dougie. Uh, is that since he's taken over as manager? Uh, no, we used to speak before. Um, he's always looked after me with tickets and things like that. Um, and... We, you know, we were good friends at Palace, and we've stayed in touch. And um, you know, I've still got quite a few contacts down in Palace that you know weren't, weren't players, made good friends, and um, it's it's just been nice to keep in touch with somebody like Dougie, Simon, Roger, who were good, good, honest people, and uh, played the game for the right reasons. Okay, that's great. Cheers, Gareth. Hi, Not. Gareth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're currently working, you say, um, coaching development with the Welsh FA? Yeah, um, I moved back home to, yeah, well, I, I moved back home to where I, to my roots really, um, after I finished playing, just wanted my boys to, um, to have a good life really, um, live quite rurally, you know, um, next to a farm, so, you know, my boys have a sort of rural lifestyle, but they still have the opportunity to play football. And then when I was doing my UEFA B licence, uh, the FAW sort of came to me and asked me would I be interested in a role. Um, so I look after Central Wales, quite a big area, um, and I'm now the coach development officer, so I look after all uh, the coach development, coach education for Central Wales, and also player development and like sort of elite player performance and signpost players to the regional and national squads 
from that area. What oh, sort of age group is that then? Um, you're looking 12 to 16. Um, so a lot of academy players who are playing at Swansea or Cardiff um, and also players then with their Welsh links um, from around England, Scotland, Ireland as well. If there's anybody that comes in from that area, I coach. We co- we have contacts with them every, every holidays, um, sort of building them up through the player pathway, ready for the national squad from 16 onwards. And you said, uh, you mentioned Peter Nicholas, is he involved with the uh, development? Yeah, he's, he works with me with the under-14s at the moment, um, so we see each other quite regular. Um, top man, Nico, great professional uh, as a player, and uh, and he's a great coach as well. He was fantastic when I was down at Palace, and uh, you know he's still the same character now. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Gareth. Matt? Yeah, wicked. Um, do you have any aspirations to be a manager or a coach? a professional club in the future? Um, well, since moving back home, we spoke about my hometown club now, uh, there's been a lot of changes and I've started to be back involved in their youth development system. But even from a young age, you know, right from when I was 16, I started coaching young teams and I've always enjoyed creating the player rather than receiving the ready-made player. And I've always said I'd always want to coach youth team players. So, I'm, I'm linked in with Hereford at the moment. I'm doing a sort of more coach mentoring rather than coaching the players, hopefully to create better coaches, to create better players. Because my ethos is we need to, to we need to make better players at a younger age rather than focusing on having ex-players at a higher level. We need ex-players to work at the bottom level. Um, I went to Juventus with the, with the Welsh FA a couple of years ago and it was fantastic to see that they do a lot of work, what you do off the pitch. So... You can't be a good footballer until you're a good person. So having good manners, respect and discipline as an individual. And, and I sort of believe in that ethos as well to try and create better people, really. Yeah, that's wicked. And I mean, do you, I mean, I think we all know that Palace are gradually getting more and more young lads coming through the team. And uh, that one who came on on Saturday, um, obviously okay. that just shows what we do have as talent from a young age. Mm. Yeah, and also, you know, with the way financially the club isn't blessed with cash at the moment, so you want players coming through the system. I did a lot of coaching with uh, Croydon Athletic Junior Football Club, great little setup, and uh, there's some great players come through there, but there's also, you know, numerous junior football clubs in and around the Croydon area, so you've got huge numbers to work with, massive potential, it's just making sure that you've got the right coaches doing the right things. And I'm a big believer in that we, we've gone away from the basics, the old school basics of being able to pass, control, head, volley, and too many kids focus on doing all these tricks, catching it behind your head, round the world. Um, you know, you don't do that in a game. And yeah. kids, they can't, when, you know, a little saying, you, you, we don't want to see kids just play the game, we want to hear them play as well. And even senior players now can't communicate. They don't know how, where and when to talk on the pitch. And we've lost those grounded basics in football now. And uh, I think we see that sometimes in, in player development. Um, so hopefully a club like Palace, Dougie will have his, you know, he's, it's his honeymoon periods over now as the gaffer. And he, he's going to hopefully build a system through the youth. And it's a shame it's so far away because I'd love to come back at a club like somewhere like Palace and uh, and help and support the development of young players. 
Yeah, can I just step in there? Can I just step in there, yeah, Chris? Yeah, of course. Gareth, have, have you had um, have you seen much of Jonathan Williams? No, I haven't. No, sorry. That's a shame. It's that's, uh, that's that's a question yeah. on the head, isn't it? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's just been recently called into the Welsh under seventeen squad. Under twenty ones. Under twenty one. Sorry, seventeen. Uh, it was. Yeah. Oh, isn't yeah? And I just wondered if because uh, we haven't seen him in the first team yet, so we're yeah. we're, we're well. We're, I, you know, I, little things. Are, I quite speak regular to Brian Flynn, who's the manager under twenty ones. Yeah. Like, he comes down to the squads now and again. So he, you know, I always if there, if there's any players that have played any of my ex clubs, um, I always ask. A little bit of interest in there, what they're like, so you'll um, be one to look out for. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. We've heard we've heard great things at this end, so yeah, there's a little tip for you, mate. Look out for him. He's uh, say, <laughs> so, well, we were, we were just impressed. The fact I think it's uh, you know playing for the under twenty ones at seventeen. And he's not not long term seventeen as well, so just a little curious there. But all right, nice one. Cheers, Gareth. Um, so your final final question from me, really. It's going to be um, basically. Uh, have you followed Palace uh, their their progress this season under Dougie? Hello. Hello. Uh, sorry. Yes. I think. Did you? Can you hear me now? Sorry. Uh, any, I lost else? it. You're back now. I lost you oh, for a bit. Okay. No worries. I'm not sure who to blame for that, but I'll blame someone. Um, uh, just asking you, Gareth, if you've uh, been following Palace at all uh, this season. Yeah, I always do. As I said, I've still got a lot of friends. Um, like, there's a, well, quite recently, there's a, a girl who plays for the Wales, Wales national team now, Kylie Davis. Um, she goes regular. She plays for Chelsea ladies. She's the captain there. So I speak to her a little bit and she tells me what's going on and speaking to Dougie as well. Um, so, and, you know, we've, I've still got lots of friends down there who still go to the games and I normally try to get down once a season and I haven't been this year. Um, which is a real shame, but just through work, work commitments, really. So, I'm, but I'm definitely going to get down next year. Uh, be brilliant. Good stuff. Okay, listen, that's that's all we've really got for you, really. I mean, it's it's been fantastic and fascinating to speak to you, mate, and really do appreciate your time. Uh, you yeah, know, it's no problem. You know, I, most well, all the clubs I was at, I really enjoyed, but Palace in particular, like fans made me welcome. Um, always made my family welcome and everything and uh, you know for me it's a great club uh, it's a family club um, I did a lot with the disability supporters club down there and um, oh, you yeah. know that's the sort of club that it is it's, it's, uh, it's got a real inclusion about it it doesn't matter who you are what you are where you're from um, it likes to get everybody involved and I appreciate what Palace did for me and hopefully what I did for them as well yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I certainly remember your playing days, and, and I would agree with what Jones for Eagle said. You certainly take no prisoners, and it's, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. And uh, well, I say we'll see how you see how you get on, and hopefully maybe catch up with you again at some other point if that's okay. Yeah, no, any time. So, um, just like to wish you all the best and the club, and you know, and thanks to all the supporters who supported me, really. Yeah. And same for you, Gareth. Yeah. Best of luck with what you're up yeah. to now, and uh, yeah, hope, to see, you, uh, hope to see you again in the future. Right, Cheers now. Bye, Cheers, thank you. Bye. Cheers, Bye. Okay, that was absolutely fantastic. Can not thank Gareth enough for that. It's a fascinating interview. Um, probably could have gone on, to be honest with you. But we'll, what we'll do is we'll go into uh, some of your correspondence now. And uh, I think the first question from Twitter is for you, Matt. Yep, uh, I've got one here from Wooly99. And he was saying, who would you like to see a sign in the summer? And who was your signing of the season? I think uh, that we'll ask you that one, Chris. Yeah, I'll go with that first. We'll go around and get some uh, get some opinion on that one. 
who would I like to see us sign in the summer? I'm going to ask, answer that one second um, and just say that firstly, I do agree with uh, with uh, with Woolley. 99, and it's definitely Moxie as the signing of the season. I would have said Marrow would have kept that, would have had that uh, title if he kept fit, unfortunately. Because I thought he was absolutely awesome. Uh, in the summer, I, th- I think the first name that comes to mind for me is George Boyd. It's certainly if Peterborough don't go up, I really would like to see us put an offer in for George. Not sure of the cost or the wages, but could be restrictive, but he is a very fine player and in a position where I think we need some strengthening. Uh, Mark, do you want to go for that next? Yeah, I think we've got an email from Nick, Ooh. and uh, I better read it first before I read it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's probably a good idea, actually. You, you read while I, uh, I'll film. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, <laughs> cool. No, go for it. Oh, sorry. It's, uh, what have you been your low and high points of the season? Well, let's have, let's have someone else answer that. I asked the last one. Answer the last one. Go on, Mark, pick someone. Oh, dear. On the spot. Uh, <laughs> well, beginning of the season has to be Alex you Marrow. You can answer it yourself, are you? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, go for it. Why not? I'll ask it and answer it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think uh, um, definitely uh, Alex Marrow at the start of the season. Uh, mm. Obviously, before he got injured, he was uh, very promising. Um, he was a high point. Obviously, getting Vaughan... Uh, on loan was a high point. Um, probably the timing of of the appointment of Doogie was um, was uh, uh, can't be underestimated. It was mm. it was badly needed, and it was pretty much done uh, at the beginning of the year. And I, I don't think anyone could disagree with CPFC 2010. Yeah, fair on, point. Yeah. On the timing of their appointment of Doogie and he's proved to be uh, a successful and able uh, boss uh, despite his um, you know his uh, experience. Uh, experience or yeah, <laughs> lack, lack of managerial experience shall we say mm, okay. yeah. there we are yeah uh, Nick also wants to know I don't know who wants to answer this uh, ask Gary Nick yeah uh-huh. what players will shine next season Next season. That's difficult to know, I suppose, unless you know he's going to stay. But. <laughs> it is, considering how many loan players we've got. Um, it's quite difficult, actually. I reckon if if we can get Everson, and that's a bit of a punt, get Everson signed on again, because I do believe his contract's... Mm, I, think, I think he gets another year because he's played a certain amount of time, but I'll, I'll need to check that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... I reckon he's had a bit of a, a difficult start because obviously chopping and changing of tactic and so on and so on. But I think he has time now to get sort of properly settled in and will hopefully come the beginning of the season should be able to see him continue to impress as he has so far. Mm. Okay. I think the youth and the academy are going to play a major part next season, don't you agree, lads? I yeah. certainly do. My, my, my pick would have been Sean Scannell. Uh, he's obviously back for the Forest game, um, but those just a couple of games before he got sent off, he just looked uh, he looked like the player I thought he would be, and uh, I'm really really looking forward to seeing him and and Wilf Zaha because I think he'd a lot learnt a lot, and I think the summer break will be good for him as well. Uh, both those two I think are going to be massive next season. But um, okay, and the final and the third, part, third yeah, and cool. final part of Nick's uh, email is uh, Claude Davis versus. 
Eric Miller Ninja. Who wins? Claudius remains <laughs> on the football pitch and the. Um, uh, it's, got, it's Eric. He's a ninja. <laughs> I mean, Claude's tough, and I know Lewis Meagle's going to be furious about me saying this, but <laughs> Eric was a ninja. He was an actual ninja. He's going to. It's no contest. Sorry, sorry, Claude, and sorry, uh, Claude's sorry, Lewis Meagle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Aaron, it's your uh, long-winded question from Serial Thriller. You've not read it for, I wouldn't, I would have thought, so careful as you read. Oh, no, uh, I'll tell you. Probably it's not going to make a lot of sense, so best of luck. Cheers, try not to laugh for it. Um, right, firstly, as we know, Serial Thriller, so hi, go- guys and girls. Are there any girls? Not really, to be honest. Um, well, <laughs> someone just said... <laughs> The <laughs> beaver away. away. So it's a pun on that me. Honestly, he's apologising to me. So okay, go on. Oh, and I, I'd like to start with an apology to the great Aaron Bow. Uh, last week, Lewis Amigo's covering of my words was largely inaccurate. I said that you sound like Matt Damon. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh dear! That oh, guy and Gavin and Stacey. Oh, right. so anyway, can I just say can, on that subject where he accused me of sounding like James Corden so another one of my friends heard this particular show and said the exact same thing unprompted and I'm shall we say I'm a little more than furious um, low blow, low blow. is a low blow off you go Aaron so his, his question is getting to it now now that Osama bin Laden is dead, <laughs> have we found someone who could possibly be more or less effective on the pitch than Dorman? Or is that a uh, former Al-Qaeda leader's rotting corpse still more present in the form of St. Mirror Man? Oh, dear. <laughs> All the best of the show. That's a nice. That's <laughs> um, so Dorman's not listening. Yeah, of course. I'm going to stick up for Andy Dorman. There is no way that that Osama Bin Laden's rotting, festering corpse is better than Andy Dorman. Right. football. There, I said it. Good man. Brilliant stuff. Thanks for that, uh, thanks for that, Niall. Much appreciated, as always. <laughs> and, uh, to be honest, the most amusing part is having Aaron struggle to read it. It was the best oh, thing. Oh, complete... Oh, <laughs> no idea. No idea. Um, I've got a message from uh, John Ellicott on Twitter. That's, I think that's John Program Seller, if I am Better. correct. He just says, <laughs> thanks. Flatter. <laughs> says, good show tonight, boys. That's very nice of you. Uh, prediction for Saturday's game 2-1 to Palace. I think that's what I went for as well. What a wise man John is. And the final email is for you to read out, Matt. Okay. Um, <clears throat> here we go. Hang on. Um, <laughs> I've got one here from JD, I believe. Is it? It's, hi, chaps. Listening in. Enjoy the show as ever. Quick question for Saturday. I'm well excited, but my question to you all is, if you could make a banner to unfurl to the players, what would you message? What would your message be on it? Up the palace. So let's all answer that. And okay. we'll start with you, Chris. What would my message be? Oh, that's a really tough question. It would be... Uh, it would be, please win more football matches next season. I think that's the inspiring message I would give. Mark? Fucking are you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you woke me up with that. Oh, God. So please win more matches. That, that, no, that was, that was my banner. What message would you have on the banner uh, to unfurl on Saturday? Drink more. No, um, uh, drink, gamble, sex, drugs, rock and roll. <laughs> I, don't, 
I is think uh, I, I, it would have to be something uh, supportive along the lines of uh, um, thanks Doogie and all the players yeah. for everything this season. Something along those lines. Anyway. Hello, can I can I correct mine? Mine would actually say everything's going to be all right. Everything. It's going to be all right. Thanks, Aaron. We're going to have what it's worth. Oh my god! I'd say no squeaky bum cheek time next year, please. <laughs> Mid-table <laughs> mediocrity will do. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone confused, that noise was Mikey's duck keyring. He likes to use. And uh, Matt, did you have a message you would have used? I'd probably just say um, you're playing Brighton next year. Ah, I love it, and that's a great place to end the show. I said in the show. <laughs> no, okay, listen, thanks very much, guys. Um, I was hoping to get to the nominations for the whole awards, but unfortunately, I don't think Dave's had a chance to to look at those. So just keep your eyes on the Fun Talk thread. For the whole awards and that oh hang on no he has I've been interrupted he's oh my god Mikey's swearing at me I will shut up and here it comes under bottom where oh this is embarrassing emails man emails ah you see I'm looking it's I can do you know what who I can blame I can blame Mark for making Mikey paste the emails into our normal show doc okay here we go here are the official uh, nominees for each category in the Homesdale Awards. I'm going to rattle through them because you're probably quite bored. It is best poster is Jamie Martin seven two one, Hambo. Oh, that's too much. And Kermit eight. That's a, that's a lovely selection there. Worst poster, which is always which is always harsh, but worst poster we've got Mr. Hundred and Ten Percent, Dave Rave sixty nine, and Auburn's Eagles. Oh bless. Uh, best poster in Palace Talk, we've got Alan Eagle 1, for his David Wright apology alone, I hope. <laughs> CPFC 2010, and, hey. uh, and Hambo, he's, he's mm. great. Love him. Uh, funniest poster, we've got uh, four nominations in this one. I think there was obviously a draw there somewhere. You've got Kermit 8, Morganistic, Serial Thriller, who will obviously love that, and Pikester as well. Uh, keyboard Warrior, we've got Saxon Eagle, <laughs> SW2 Eagle, and The White Horse. Uh, best moderator, Hambo. <laughs> he's great, isn't he? Uh, cucking Funt and... Can't the bloke. <laughs> I, find him, I find him abrasive, frankly. Um, Hambo. Uh, yeah, he's... Yeah, <laughs> him. Uh, best overseas poster, we've got Ross, that's Palace Guard. Slovenia Dave, of course. And Fubar. Uh, best young poster, we have... Uh, Lewis Eagle, Ben N17... And Isabel, also known as Eden Eagle. I think she oh, uses that. Be on that. I don't know. I know, I voted for you. I can tell you this now, Aaron. I did vote for you in that category. Oh. But I was, so I someone only needs two votes to beat him. It does, does look that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, in uh, Best Newcomer, we have Serial Thriller, Shuloff and King Vagabond. Uh, yeah, that's great. And uh, Best Thread... Um, it's all, it always goes this one and it is good. It's the Morgue Broadcasting Corporation, originally started by Moose. Hey. Going to Own Up Coward, originally hey. started. Hey, my favourite. And, and We Have a Flounce, originally hey. started. Hey. Hey. I'm gutted not to see O'Reilly in there. I thoroughly enjoyed that one, but, uh, uh-huh. anyway. Um, most helpful poster, we have Staffy, Mr. Stato and Hambo. Uh, most boring poster, we have The White Horse, 
Jamie Martin, 721. That's harsh. And Piper. Nice. We have most unintentionally funny poster. I'm not sure Paul's <laughs> going to this. We have a quick game too. Oh, and Alan Eagle one. <laughs> and also Orpington Eagle. I still think Orpington's going to run away with that one. Um, the best worst flounce award. We've got Hoofhearted, Kenny Lunt and Madcap. Um, the best poster from another club is QPR Bear, Slick Tiger or Eagle Eater. Lifetime Achievement Award, we've got Guntrysoft, Staffy and Cucking Funt. And that's the website awards nominations over and done with. Uh, and finally, we've got the uh, CPFC kind of awards. And that's going to be the CPFC Player of the Year. We've got a choice of Speroni, Dans or Klein. The Young Player of the Year is Klein, Cadogan or Zaha. The goal of the season, we've got Garvin versus Watford, Ambrose versus Sheffield United, and Moxie versus Derby. The Palace signing of the season, we've got Moxie, Gardner, and Vaughan. And away, Palace away day of the season, we've got four nominations as Ipswich, Norwich, QPR, and Coventry. Okay, so visit the thread of Spinia Dave's put in Fun Talk. Um, get your voting underway now. And the Final awards will be uh, will be announced on Palace Radio. Uh, <laughs> Palace Radio. Oh, that's a bit ambitious. On Homestyle Radio as soon as possible. Uh, I believe the show we've scheduled that in for is a week's time, which is the ninth. But uh, if voting sort of gets out of control, we might push that push that a week back. But uh, okay, brilliant. Hope you enjoyed that long list of names. And um, obviously next week we're we've got the pleasure of speaking to Kieran Cadogan. Um, if you've got any questions for Kieran, you can send them in by email now, but we will be prompting you throughout the week. Uh, and that really, well, we've, well, of course, we've got to also mention we've got Neil Dans the week after that. Uh, it's a bit early to, to get your questions in for Danzy, but again, we will remind you nearer the time. Um, that just leaves me to really thank my co-presenters and, and, you know, thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. Pleasure. Cheers, uh, I want to say thank you to Mikey once more, especially considering he did the show after electrocuting himself today. Good work. <laughs> oh, oh, and, that's not, and that's not even a joke. And thank you very much to uh, to Gareth Davies once more for, for a fantastic interview. And um, I'll definitely keep in touch with Gareth and try, and try and get him back at some point. And uh, thank you very much to everyone who listened in, and we'll speak to you again next week. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.